This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Botox Cosmetic. Out of botulinum toxin A. FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Book Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Blue Monday podcast, a three times weekly show looking into the exciting happenings of Ipswich Town Football Club. This is the flagship show. My name is Mikey Penty-Smith and on the weekend the Ipswich dropped down into the third tier of English football for the first time since 1957. I'm joined by two Premier League podcasters. It's Dave Diamond and Joe Fares. How are we gents? Good, thank you. Yeah, pretty good, Mikey. Thanks. And uh, Tiger Woods has just won the Masters and Incredible. Joe Fares has just revealed, and we're going to have to do this at the top of the <laughs> show, he's a mate of yours. Yeah, a guy that I had breakfast with, um, I, can't, I can't remember when it was, it was probably about 10, 12 years ago at um, the K Club. We had been out there for the European Open where my mate's dad was a member and in the, the morning after the Open, he flew in with Marco Mira, sat down, had breakfast and would have gone fishing with him that day, but... My mate's dad had to get back for work, so my chance to go fishing with the big dog never happened. That's a great story. Yeah. That's a and great it, story. It just about trumps your Will Keane breakfast at Milsom's, doesn't it, Dave? Yeah, no, I just I had lunch with Ian Botham last week. But Oh Yeah. But no, I, I sorry, I'll take that back. I I won't it wasn't quite like that. I attended a lunch with Ian Botham last week. <laughs> <laughs> but no it's nowhere near it's nowhere near breakfast actually with tiger nowhere near that but he was on pretty good for me in both of them now i was distracted by the tiger woods story i was when i lined up the first relegation to the third tier since 1957 i was going to ask you straight off the bat dave does this one hurt more than the one in 1957 <laughs> <laughs> uh... In for yeah, loads, loads more, loads more. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, we we kind of have to laugh, don't we? Otherwise, we'll cry. Because this, this, let's be honest, this is the podcast we probably thought we'd never have to do, um, and we certainly didn't want to do it. Um, but here we are. So yeah, this is the part of the show where we normally do the news, but due to the nature of what's happened, we should probably just move on to Saturday as quickly as possible. But we did have a game on Wednesday. I know Ben covered it on the podcast with Harry and and Rich on on Thursday or Friday. But just a quick line from both of you on that one, a 2-0 defeat. 
Um, an ex- expected disappointment, that one, Joe? Yeah, beaten by a better team, in all fairness, on the night, and a much better team in reality, mm. the way they move the ball around. But goals change games, and if Quainer puts that chance away at nil-nil, then it's, it's a totally different game if that, if that goes in, because... Brentford are not in good form. They're flaky at the back and they, they give away chances, but you've, you've got to take them against them because they will score. Yeah, they do play lovely football. I, I said two weeks ago when I was on the pod with you, Dave, that Alan Judge would definitely score at Brentford. And he, he should have done, shouldn't he? Oh, he should have done. Yeah, I mean, I just, I think that showed his perhaps, I don't know, but he hadn't scored for how many games he's played for. It was perhaps a bit of lack of confidence. Probably could have taken it on another couple of strides and made sure, you know, but snatched at it, didn't he, really? That was a big chance. I know we were 2-0 down, but there's your way back into the game. And again, first goal, I thought, their first goal was a microcosm of our, our season. You know, we should be 1-0 up. Ball goes the other end, fairly crap defending. We're one nil down and chasing the game. Has summed it up for me. It was, in a, yeah. In a nutshell, really. Yeah. Just perfectly wrapped it up, didn't it? Yeah. Um, we just about survived on Wednesday night because results didn't go completely against us. Yeah, for a time it looked pretty dicey, didn't it? I think yeah. Millwall were, yeah, no, it did look pretty iffy for a time. But yeah, we did extend it for a few days. Mm. But that, that defeat did mean that we went into the game against Birmingham knowing that unless we picked up a fifth league win of the season, we'd be relegated. Um, how did you both feel going to the game on Saturday? Starting with you, Joe. It, it, was it more of a feeling of dread than than, than usual? or um, n- Not really. I, I, I was expecting to go down that day. I think, however the results went, I, th- I thought we were going to go down. I, I hadn't really looked at the combinations. I didn't realise that Wigan were playing today and things. And I was hoping that we'd win yesterday, but still go down anyway to get it over and done with. But... I don't think that actually could have happened. So I was just, I don't know, I, I was i was happy to get it over and done with, really. But then when it, I'm sure we'll come on to this, but when the actual game ended and the reality of it happened, that, that was sort of a much more difficult moment than I thought it would be. I, but okay. we'll come on to that. Yeah. So let's, let's just go straight into it then. And uh, we'll talk about the team. We played a sort of 4-3-3 of sorts. Uh, Barton goal. Josh Emmanuel came back in at right back as he seems to be doing most of the home games. Uh, James Collins came back in for Enciala. Uh, Chambers and Kenlock, the, the ever presence at the moment at the back four. Cole Skews returned in the middle with Bishop and Dazelle either side of him. And then we had Guan Edwards on the right. Judge sort of an outside left and Colin Kwana through the middle. Um, pleased to see we only had one Loney in the team, Dave? I think so, yeah. I couldn't quite understand Collins for Enciala, I must admit. Um, but yeah, that was a, I think that was a good sign. And nice to see, you know, Emmanuel back at, Emmanuel back at right back, although I thought Bree was half decent against Brentford, but obviously he's not our player. Um, so yeah, overall, yeah, I think that was a, a positive thing. But yeah, I couldn't really understand Collins coming back. And yeah, sure enough, <laughs> he lasts, what, half an hour? Was it half an hour? It was an hour. He, yeah, oh, no, it was second half. He's yeah. kicking. Yeah, You're right, yeah. he was kicking. Yeah, I, I sort of felt like he he seems to be pairing um, the more some of the experienced players with the inexperienced ones. So when Emmanuel comes in, he he wanted to bring Collins in rather than having Enciala in there. But I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. yeah, I can see where you're coming from. I did, didn't get a point really, but I don't think we'll see Collins again probably. I always wonder, when they go off at an hour, was it a pre-planned substitution? Because he didn't look to be in any great 
distress oh, in, the, in the minutes leading up to going off. And no, he did like, walk off fairly slowly, gingerly, though, didn't you say? He did walk yeah. off gingerly, didn't he? But then he always does. <laughs> anyway, yeah, he, um, yeah, he, um, yeah, I thought perhaps he had a, he had a, something was up with him, but you might be right in hindsight. Yeah, it was an hour, so you might be right, Joe. It may have been pre planned, but an unusual one for a centre half to be sort of pre planned, yeah. isn't it? And in a first in a first team game as well, it's normally a yeah, res- that's a bit, odd. Yeah, a bit like Emir Hughes' twelfth comeback. Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll quickly run through the Birmingham team as well. They had camping goal. They yeah, they play a four four two camping goal. Pedersen left back, Morrison and Harley Dean the centre backs, Colin at right back, uh, Jota or is it Hotter right wing, Gardner and Davis in the middle. Um, Rabti. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> How do you pronounce the left winger? I'm going to look at you, Joe. No idea. Emrabati. No idea. I'd never heard of him. Uh, nor do I. Ask Harry and Rich. Yeah. yeah. Never heard of him. <laughs> and then the front two of Che Adams and Lukas Jukovic, who, as we'll get on to, absolutely ripped us to shreds in the first few minutes yep. of the game, didn't they? Yep. They, there was a reasonably good atmosphere at the start of the game. How long did it take? Was it three minutes? I mean, you were just hoping that, yeah, we we are probably going to go down, but let's go down fighting. I think that was the attitude of all the home fans going into Portman Road. And then, yeah, seven minutes. Joe, can you talk us through what happened? Um, I'm, I'm not. Was it Jotter out on the right? Was it? And he just is up Col- against Ken. Colin. Oh, it was Colin. Colin. And yeah. he just beats Kenlock far just too easily, doesn't he? Doesn't he? That's a disappointing thing. He just out-muscles him. Yeah. Ken- he sort of Ken- nutmegged him and then muscled him. So he's, yeah. Kenlock kind of got done twice. Yeah, and it sort of got done really easily and didn't... It sort of it knocked him so much that he couldn't even get back to put any pressure on him once he was past him. He was totally gone. He put the cross in. I think it deflects off James Collins and then Drichkovic is there and just smashes it into the top of the goal and put one nil down after three or four minutes and it's looking like a long afternoon especially after the previous game against Hull at home where we'd been really poor we've we've got a few twisted questions on the formation and maybe where where Judge has played but it can't be a coincidence that when Judge is out there and wide left the opposition right back seems to have a great time flying forward doesn't he Dave yeah I think so yeah I don't think Chambers covered himself too much and with that goal, again, if you look back, he's sort of, I think, guilty of ball watching a bit. And Jukovic, I know he's ever so close in, you know, but Jukovic sort of runs off him and he's, yeah, he don't know where he is. But, yeah, simple goal, isn't it, really? I can't believe it. It was like Jukovic, was it, he's like his second goal in the last 25 games or something ridiculous. I mean, he must have started the season on fire. Yeah. He's like, he, yeah. He's more yeah, of a, I've always thought he's more of a like, facilitator for another striker. Well, we were in for him, weren't we? But supposedly, weren't we, Joe? I think we were in for him well, we, a couple of seasons Was ago, it when, Mur- when Murphy left, was it? I think there was so. I talk, think so. And then he, he went to Birmingham on loan and then yeah, subsequently into a permanent deal. Yeah, yeah. He, and Jukovic, who we're talking about now, he very nearly got on the end of a, a sort of cross shot from Che Adams early on. And at this point, it, it does... The atmosphere was flat and it was looking like we're going down with a whimper. Oh, they were, their front two, you're right, was, were a handful, real physical handful as well. Yeah, Trey Adams is a good player, isn't he? He'll, he'll get yeah. a premiership movie. So. Yeah. So it reminds me a bit of Troy Deeney where he can just yeah. get yeah. around and just knocks people over and yep. he's just so strong in that upper half. Yeah, I liked him. I really did. And yeah, he, 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 We said that the same as well. people yesterday. You know, you can imagine him going to like a... I don't know. 
a Brighton or a, if they're yeah, up yeah. or a Burnley, if they're up or you know someone like that. I think Southampton had a bid for him rejected in January of sort of 12, 13, yeah, I think 12 right. 13 million. Yeah. yeah, good player. Yeah, we've already mentioned Kenlock didn't have a particularly strong start to the game defensively, but then our first sight of goal, literally the first, got forward really well down the left, cut inside and had a shot deflected over. Joe, generally over the years as Kenlock in the academy teams, has he been better going forward than he is defensively? Or do you think it's that he's maybe struggling up against a higher calibre of winger? A little bit of both. A lot, a lot of the times when he was playing for the under-18s, we were playing free at the back with wing back. So he was he was pushed on quite a bit. And the under-23s, he's generally okay defensively, but you don't really get tested like you do in, in first-team football. But he has always been a player that's comfortable on the ball, likes getting forward and likes to try and get past his man and get crosses in. But I think his, his defending has massively improved in the last even four or five games. I know yesterday was an aberration, but... His one-on-one defending is generally pretty good, but he seems to be reading the game a bit better and actually positioning himself a little bit better at the moment. I thought, other than that, he had a good game yesterday. Yeah, I was I was going to say, like once once he had this little burst forward, it just it seemed to get him going, and he was yeah. unlucky not to get the corner. Um, but yeah, his, that, his distribution I think is pretty good as well. Yeah, yeah, half half decent. He's one of the players that we have to hope looks better in League One than he does in the Championship and then we're maybe on to a winner but until well, he's, he's tested he's, at that he's level gonna look, because of his like he's an odd one isn't he Kenlock because of his right. like running gait or whatever they refer to it I don't think he's ever going to look the most elegant of players but mm-hmm. yeah I think as a player there yeah I, I, I think he's because where I sit so especially you know second half he's right in front and um yeah, I think he's come on quite a bit. And, you know, I see, and I see tweets. I know people, perhaps, uh, we always say see different games to other people. But And I see tweets saying, oh, Kenlock, and I get rid of him. It's, really? You know, it's, there you go. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not a huge, huge fan of Kenlock's, but I'm more than happy with him playing in that left-back position ahead of yeah, Knudsen. Yeah. And, yeah. And, it, and even Knudsen is... He's all right. He's an all right left back. You always want a combination of both. You want want Kenlock's distribution and perhaps final ball, which is, I'd say, better than than Knudsen. And Knudsen's probably upper body and defensive capabilities, I guess. But, yeah, I I think Kenlock will be fine. Yeah, Yeah, if, if you'd have asked me seven or eight games ago about Kenlock his sort of prospects for next season. I'd have said, if he, if we're going into the start of the season with him starting at left back, then we're going to be in a little bit of trouble because I didn't think he'd be good enough to hold down that position. But since then, I think whoever's, whoever's going to come in and challenge him at left back is in for a real fight. And I'd imagine they're going to do very well to get the shirt off him at the start of the season with, with how much he's improved. And that's what a yep. run of games does do for a youngster. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. 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 It makes you wonder what level Emmanuel would be playing at right now if, if he'd have been given more of a chance. But obviously, Bree had been brought in. He was always going to have to get games. Um, but as it was, the rest of the first half, it was still Birmingham, the side that were on top. But it made a pretty good save from Jota. Mm. Uh, for us, Judge had a free kick tipped over. I mean, that never really looked like going in, but Camp sort of a bit of a camera save, pushed it over the top. It was a pretty miserable first half, all in all, wasn't it? Dave? I mean, uh, they were just yeah, the midfield was non-existent. I mean, Dazelle was no, no. Well, we'll get to it, but it was no surprise when he was taken off at half time. I think he was just anonymous. Bishop wasn't great. He wasn't getting no, on the ball. Bishop was off it in the first. Yeah, half. he was yeah. off it first half, and I think Joe, you said that it could have been either. Perhaps 
one one or the other would all make yeah one or the other could have easily gone off but it was Dezel who got the hook it just wasn't I don't know it just wasn't his game yesterday he was getting caught in possession getting knocked off the ball um his passes just weren't finding the mark generally um yeah one of those games really yeah and had the second half had followed the same pattern as the first half and we'd have gone down with that performance. I don't think the the reaction after the game would have been anywhere near what it no. was because no. that was like off the back of the whole game and the 90 minutes against Hull and that first 45 against Birmingham were as poor as we've been for probably oh, two or three months. And We could have easily been three down at half-time. Easily yeah. three down. Yeah. Mm. Uh, just one thing that I haven't mentioned about the first half before we move on to the second half is... Um, we had Jeremy Simpson in charge to get his name right, didn't I? Four bookings. Four. There was there was barely a, a tackle in the game. And we, and we came away with, what, six bookings? Five, six bookings yeah. overall? And it was one quite was it one quite late one by Skews on someone who Skews, cut someone in Skews' one was naughty. That, that, that was, was probably that was bad. Naughty. Yeah. But yeah. the others were so innocuous, really. Mm. Edwards, he pulled the play back and then waved the card at him. Not pulled it back, but the play must have gone on for two minutes before yeah. he's over. Way didn't it. need to do that, did he? And, and then when he did book him, that was like the foul that he gave against Bishop. It was like, well, that was, I think he just got his card out of his pocket and was worried he was going to forget. So, so needed to stop play somehow just to get his show yeah. his yellow. But yeah, know, it, it, he seemed to give so many free kicks when there was sort of corners and set pieces into the box. Almost every one of those was sort of stopped for a free kick. He he really is probably the worst ref at this level. Yeah, and he, get, with, he gets very animated with his decisions as well, doesn't he? When he points to a corner, he's very much like, yeah. really, really gives it some. Well, is it not the last two home games have had him and Keith Stroud, haven't we? So we, Christ Almighty, we couldn't have done any worse, could we? But yeah, to Paul Lambert's credit, he got them in at half time. As we mentioned, it was Dizelle that that got the hook. Uh, he can't really have too many complaints about that. And Caden Jackson came on and thinking, okay. Jackson and Kwana up top together and sort of matching them up with a 4-4-2. Let's see how this works. And then almost immediately, it does work. Dave, can you talk us through what happened? Yeah, I think it was the throw, wasn't it? Wide left, fairly deep in their half. Um, I think, thinking back, it was pretty poor defending, actually, because they allowed him to get control of the ball. They weren't tight enough on him. It was only like a little dolly throw like that, about five yards from Kenlock. Um and then he does well. He shows some strength, gets the ball, drops his shoulder, so switches it on to his right foot. Well, the good thing about this is the cross goes in very early, so he doesn't yeah. even look. He just puts it in an area. And it's a brilliant cross, absolutely brilliant cross. Takes out the defence. Again, I think their player coming off the left, I think it was Pedersen, the left back, he gets done ball watching as well. It's a really nice finish, isn't it? Again, mm. from Edwards coming off the right. It's a great finish. A side foot volley. Difficult skill. Really difficult yeah. skill. Right, he's close he, in, but you know, you see them shanked and shinned and everything. Um, he had a long time to think about it as well, didn't he? Uh, from from where I was sat, like, it, lo- it looked like he might go for it with his head, which he's done a couple of times this season. Yeah. But yeah. And in I, the I end, he say made the right similar, move. Similar to another goal he scored this Two, season. Really. Blackburn on the first Blackburn on the first day of the season. Yeah. And, and Reading, he scored a goal like that as well at home. Yeah, Reading, exactly almost yeah. similar. Great cross, superb early cross, and yeah, good finish. And yeah, out of nowhere, really. You think, what the hell where that come from? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, great. But, then, but it it wasn't a flash in the pan, was it? We absolutely hammered them for the first five minutes of the second half. Oh, we did. Um second. Yeah, I well, I mean, incredible, wasn't it? Uh, Josh Emmanuel, he had a pretty quiet first half offensively, got forward, whipped in a lovely cross, didn't he? Joe, you must have thought, well, this is from it. From the other end, season. judge hits it and it 
looks like it's going in, then it hits a post and goes across the line, and you see, I think Bishop fly in and the mm. fender just gets like, a touch. Yeah. The, the guy in front of me when they were taking the corner thought, thought we'd scored. He was like, "Oh, <laughs> I thought I thought we'd scored," <laughs> and uh, so he, was, he was quite confused by that. But it must have been a brilliant piece of defending to get the ball away. But I'm sure the people in the north stand had a better view of how well the defender did on that. Just yeah. incredible how it hits the post at that angle and comes almost out straight and doesn't spin in. You know, it's a weird one. Yeah, because the post judge, aren't square, would, are they? Was, judge couldn't have hit it any better, could he, Dave? Like from, no, it's we, I think we had a similar sort of view, but with a different vantage point Yeah, uh, in the co-op just stand. And he skill. hit it so well, didn't he? Oh, yeah. Like, don't want to use the cliche, maybe he hit it too well. But if that had had any sort of side spin on it, it probably would have, would have yeah. gone in, wouldn't it? Um, yeah. And then... Yeah, before even the 50th minute mark, uh, Kwane gets the ball with his back to goal and suddenly he looks alive, holds it up, eventually comes to Jackson, he sort of bends one. It, yeah, good effort. Yeah, it looks it looks pretty close. I'm not sure sure quite how close it was. Um and by this point I'm thinking this is great. Like if this is if this is gonna be the day, this is this is kind of how you want to go down, isn't it? But we did leave ourselves open a couple of times. Che Adams had a good chance, he had a one two and then so rolled it straight at Barsos Bielkowski. And then it got a little bit quiet, as we mentioned. Nciala ended up coming on for, for James Collins. Um, might be the last we see of him, but who knows. Then it was sort of into the last 10 minutes when the game sort of burst back into life. Uh, Judge had a decent effort, saved. Edward Edward's shot, I thought, looked like it was going in. I don't know. The, the defender made the block. Joe, did he... Have a better view of that than me. That looked like it was going in, and that was that was right at the very end, wasn't it? That was yeah. almost in, in stoppage time. That one. Yeah. And that looked Brilliant like that defending. was going to be the winner, but yeah, yeah, great bit of defending. Yeah. And then by this point, Ipswich till I die is ringing around Portman Road, uh, and the referee then calls time on our 62-year stay in the top two leagues. Um, a few of the players sort of slumped to the ground immediately. Dave, you've you've supported Ipswich for donkeys years. <laughs> yeah. How yeah. how did how did you how uh, did you know it what? feel for I, you? I, I, for yeah, me, I, felt... I, I didn't feel that different after it happened to how oh, I felt I? about it in recent weeks. No, nor did I, because I think it was on the cards. I think we said on the pod before. I think you know way back in the QPR game in October, you think, hang on, it could happen. And then I think, well, someone said after the one of the games was a Bristol City game, or maybe then the Millwall game, you think, oh, this probably will happen. And yeah, I mean, it's we've been down for not mathematically, but realistically, we've been down for weeks, haven't we? Really. Um, so now, I mean, I. Yeah, of course, you know, you were there to see it, and it's a really sad day, but I think I felt a bit like you, really. It was a bit of a... I certainly felt worse. Well, we'll get onto that, because I know it's one of the Twitter questions. I have certainly felt worse about other other relegations. I mean, the thing with this one, I think, that at the start of the season, you just couldn't see it. I know it was a, a bit of a radical change at the start of the season with the you know, the new younger sort of type manager coming in, but you just couldn't see it. Could I mean, well, you don't. You know, your club, you start the season with great hopes, and... <sighs> Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's almost a, oh, well, it's happened now. Great. Let's let's just get on with it now. Joe, I, I gather you were maybe slightly more emotional at full time. Yeah, not, I wasn't too emotional, fortunately. That I don't. I think a few a few people around me were. There were sort of a few tears shed around me where where I was sitting. But I know I just think that moment when you see the players slump down and you know that is it. We are 
every, everyone knew we were going down, but the actual moment where it's like, oh, we are actually down now, the WhatsApp comes through of a picture of Sky Sports, Ipswich are relegated and things. And you think, oh, God, that is shit, isn't it? Yeah, it's, just, it's the sort of thing that happens to other clubs, but but not us. Um, yeah, let, let's go straight into the question from Ipswich. Uh, we'll, we'll go into the Twitter questions now, but we'll start with this one. We'll start with you, Dave. How does this relegation rank in comparison to the, the others that you've experienced? Thankfully, these aren't common for us, he says. But all things considered, this must be the worst one. Yeah, um, it probably is because of where you're going to. You know, the others where you're going out of the Premier League or the first division in the, into the Championship or the old Division 2 in, in real money. I mean... Obviously, the first one in my lifetime was eight. Uh, well, no, not as that. I'm a bit too young to remember '63, whatever it was, '64. But yeah, it was '86. And look, that 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 was that was something that was gradually building up. Would only survive by the by relatively skin of our teeth the season before and a couple of seasons before that. The money we we knew the money was running out. We built the Pioneer Stand when all the season ticket when all the um, seats were sold as season tickets and stuff. The players had all left. The great side of all left. There were still just a handful of players left. So that was sort of 86 was kind of inevitable. But going in a way that we were in contention right up to the last game. And I think yeah, Oxford Oxford won the last, you know, beat Arsenal after the, se- the last very last game of the season to put us down. So, yeah, that was shit. You know, that yeah, that was pretty bad. Um, when was the next one? I mean, yeah, Christ, 94-95. Um, well, that should have happened the season before. Um if it had happened the season before, we wouldn't have suffered. I mean, that was a pretty dreadful season, but it's still in the top division. Um, yeah. Joe, two, Joe that, do, you, do you want to do 2001, well, sorry, 2002? Yeah. Um, I, I wasn't that bothered about 2001, 2002, because it just felt like we were just going to bounce straight yeah, back. Exactly from it. right. Exactly, exactly right. Yeah. Oh, Jesus, so just, Christ, we're going we're gonna to win the league with 100 points. Exactly. That just felt like a bit of a balls up that season <laughs> where we'd, with the minor flip terribly then we had that brilliant run where we won sort of six or seven out of eight in the middle of the season and then the season sort of picked back up and then we'd lost to Bolton and that was the shocker and it, I don't know it, it just felt we'd made a bit of a balls up but things would be all right we still had a good team and we went down yeah. but obviously I don't think any I don't think anyone you speak to in football would have thought that 17 years later after that we'd be exiting the division the wrong way never having been back in the Premier League after that mm. sort of amazing first season there but I say it's just maybe I wasn't as I was in sort of sick form playing sport a lot there, so I, I was going to all the home games, but I wasn't as invested in that season because it, everything just felt so easy then. We just felt like on this long upward curve, and it was yeah. never going to end. Yeah. Mm. Such an Ipswich season, though. Yeah, you're looking back, you know, if uh, if if you're going to have a season like that after the season we had previously, it would it only happen to to us if you know what I mean. It was just you couldn't make that up, you know. <laughs> How the hell did that happen, really? But yeah. like you, Joe, I thought, oh, we're going to... Especially after, what was it? Um, was it the second game when we put six past Leicester, I think? Six nil, six one, yeah, something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. We think, were awesome. Christ, we're going to get 100 points and 100 goals, you know? And mm. then it all went horribly wrong. <laughs> it's well, one yeah. of my favourite Ipswich teams that... Oh, so had that the money ran the, out. The, the that one that finished... The, the team that finished seventh in Division One the year after we got relegated was awesome. And, and I... And... Yeah, and you think they didn't make the playoffs for one reason or another. Obviously, there was a lot of things going on off the pitch at the time. But how can Ipswich fans be so confident that we're going to be up right up there in League One next season with the players that we've got? Who I mean, struggling? back then, all, 
back then, wasn't the, was it Satanta or something? Didn't the TV deal go tits? No, I had ITV. That yeah. went, so that, ITV Digital, sorry, yeah, so that, that, that didn't help. Um, but I, so but I was watching the season review back the other week. Not not all of it. I just someone posted it up on those yeah, days. I, so I watched a bit of it, and um, yeah. sort of towards the business end of the season, we went sort of seven or eight unbeaten. We were on a good run, and going into March, and it's like, oh, we're now one point off the playoffs or two points off the playoffs. And then it's like before the next game, Herman Haridison and Darren Ambrose exited yeah. the club. Yeah. It's like you imagine that now. You're two points off the playoffs in March on a brilliant unbeaten run and you sell two of your best players. Well, just, that was a, I know, I know there's transfer rates now, but that just would not happen, would it? You'd, you'd find a way to get to the end of the season. I honestly think, I mean, you know more about this, Joe, but I think that that was a case that, if you remember, it was the fire sale and we needed to get rid of them to not go into admin again, I think. I think yeah. that was that was basically it, wasn't it? Yeah, but I, I can't imagine that was the only way out of it. I imagine in hindsight that was wrong, but... Yeah. That's, that was a sliding doors moment that... Um, Rich might have missed there. <laughs> right, we'll move on to the next question, which is from Super Franz, who's a regular contributor. Thanks, everyone, so much for all of the questions that you sent in. Like, it was, it was <laughs> the Twitter was red hot today. Um, apologies in advance if I don't get to read out your question. Super Franz ans- asks, and I'll go to you first, Joe. In percentage terms... Where does the responsibility lie for our relegation share between Evans, McCarthy, Hurst, Lambert, the fans and anyone else? Um, well, the the bulk of the responsibility has got to go to Marcus Evans. In reality, he he allowed his manager, Mick McCarthy, who was a good manager at this level, he, he allowed him to fall out with the fans without keeping him under rein. He, he, he didn't step in and stop that. And when Mick left, like Mick left us in a decent position with, with a good squad. We knew in... Easter Sunday last year, which was like March, end of, the middle of March, that he was going to be leaving, which allowed Evans time to get a new manager in, to get the squad assessed, to have a little play at the end of last season. And we ended up having the most protracted managerial search in history, which ended with a manager being appointed in early early June, who then had a week's holiday. And it's like, we've, we've lost all the advantage we possibly had here. And... And like I say, I, Hurst has to take his share of the blame, but ultimately, Evans is an experienced football chairman, and he should be—he should have been saying, "What are you doing? You're you're selling three, four players with a hell of a lot of championship experience to bring them in. You're trying to do too much too quickly." And the managers manage, but like I say, Evans takes the brunt of the blame for many. So, shall we have a go at the percentages, Dave? Do you want to? So, how much do we spend, Marcus Evans? Maybe six, sixty percent. Oh, probably more. More 70, than 60, 75, yeah, yeah. 75%, okay. 75%. Okay, um, so should we then put 10% onto Paul Hurst? Yeah, probably. Yeah, same. Because up. ultimately he did, sell, he did sell those players and it, ultimately he picked the players I mean, with no championship experience. So going back to Paul Hurst, do you think there was no way he was first choice, do you think? Um, I, whether or not he was first choice, Evans didn't want to make the appointment until he'd spoken to him, and I just think that I just think that was a mistake. Once once Shrewsbury went into the playoffs, and once especially once they qualified for the final, that should have ruled him out of the race. Jack Ross was sitting there waiting, yep. and I think I've had, beca- had yeah, become the clubhouse what... leader. He was the one, the man that Evans wanted, but yeah. Evans dilly dallied and waited for lost Hurst him. to become available and lost him. And Hurst him. may have been. Once Hurst was interviewed, he may have became the top candidate. We'll never know, though, because there was Hurst was effectively, by the time he was appointed, he was the only man it could be because all the other options had been exhausted. And 
I know I just think it was such a like I say you, you're giving you I remember I when I lived down in Southampton Paul Sturrock was appointed the manager down there and he came in with about eight games left at the end of the season and it's just that's such a perfect time to appoint a manager you, you, they get a chance to look at the squad play proper games and then go into the pre-season knowing exactly what they need to do so it was just uh, just a st- stupidly long process mm-hmm. yeah it did drag on and on and on didn't it um so yeah 75 percent uh marker sevens 10 percent uh how much culpability are the uh, do the servers at half time in the bobby robson stand have to take that must be at least five ten percent yeah absolutely because they're, they're slowing down the the money being brought into the club another <laughs> financial question this time from mullet uh, I'll go to you, Dave, for this one. So Mick McCarthy made Marcus Evans some money. Hurst spent some money. Which way will it go under Lambert? Does he need to sell? And does he have enough value in the squad to make it better again? That's a very good question. I think he probably needs to sell. I think someone will go. Um I mean the squad, um looking at the squad, obviously you think a goal scorer I think we need a mid, a real old school, hard battle hardened midfield enforcer, and I'd say we also need a fairly old school, wise head up front, as as you know, as a goal scorer as well. For me, they're the two keys. So whether you'll get those on out of contracts, you know, freebie stuff like that, I'm not really sure. But to get any any quality down, I think he'll probably have to sell. But I, I should think his budget has been cut to cloth accordingly I would have thought Joe you probably know more about well I had some whispers about that I don't know yeah I don't think his budget is what he was hoping for but we'll we'll see how it comes out obviously we've had Evans's statement that's come out today and it's talking about not using loan players using a lot of youngsters and while while that is what we want to see it it does become is there an element of just cost cutting in that and if you are planning on using the youngsters you need to make sure that the senior guys that are playing around them are yep. you're signing some you're bringing in some top players at that level you need to sign the players of the caliber of the alan judges and the bartos bialkowskis and will I mean, Keane, I, if he's one we get over the line to play alongside these young players you can't just put some journeymen in there with them i see one of the um i see one of the goalkeepers perhaps going Gherkin, perhaps I would have thought maybe I don't. Ger- know. Gherkin's contract is up, isn't it? Oh, well, he's yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, you're right. You can't just. We said this before. You can't just throw in these. Even at League One, I mean, it's going to be tough. You know, you can't just throw these 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 young kids in at, on on mass sort of thing. So yeah, you're going to need. Yeah, Joe's right. You're going to need uh, a, a degree, you know, experienced, battle-hardened players. But yeah, they've got to be the right sort of right sort of players, obviously. Okay, we'll we'll move back to a more historical question now from Alex Mills. And this, I guess, links quite nicely to what we were talking about with the sliding doors moment. Well, it does quite literally, because he says, what do you you collectively think was the number one sliding doors moment of the last 10 years where things could have turned out massively differently? I'm probably going to go with the the transfer window in 14-15. Was it the the playoff season was 14-15, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I also think the the transfer window in fifteen sixteen uh, over January because we had Ryan Fraser at that point and I actually thought on paper although Murphy wasn't banging in the goals I actually thought we had a slightly better team that year if he could have brought in a a right back and a or another striker I think we could have had, could have had a good go at it but... didn't Fraser get injured is that, is that he not, did he did eventually 
Boxing Day, was it? It wasn't Boxing Day, no. It was was in like February, maybe March. Fraser actually only played... He actually only played 15 games for us. He didn't play many games at all. Mad, isn't yeah. it? For how much of an impact he made in those 15 yeah, incredible, games. Incredible, wasn't if it? Did, if he'd just got another 15 out of him, that would have probably put us in the playoffs. Look at the yeah. impact he's having now, for God's sake. What a player. Yeah, but yes, sliding doors, I'd, I'd agree with Mikey on that. January transfer window in, 50, in January 2015, when we needed to make a push for the playoffs, we elected to take the cheap route and then bought in Chris Wood and Zeke Fries after the window closed on emergency loans, which then meant Chris Wood was able to be recalled to go and sit on the bench at Leicester when we were when we just about got him fit and he was just starting to purr a bit away at Watford. He, he had a yep. very good game and then went back. And, and then I'd also say that summer window, summer 2015, we sold Tyrone Mings for 8 million quid and Evans used that money to cover his losses where had the 8 million quid gone back into the team and we bought in a couple of, like Callum Wilson went that summer for, what was that the summer before? Yeah, Two, four, three million four, quid. Summer yeah. before, wasn't it? We, we got, um, well, yeah, I mean, that was a trade. We got, Pittman and Fraser, yeah. Fraser on loan, but like yeah. I say, the pl- players we bought in that season, it was sort of Pittman, Fraser, Jonathan Douglas, Ainsley Maitland-Niles, and it's like, you've, you've just pocketed eight million quid for Tyrone Mings, you need to go and spend some of that money to give Mick a chance, and I think Mick was happy, not happy to keep playing the poor relation card, and I don't think that was the right thing to do for the club at that point. No. David, you go along with that? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Certainly, for yeah, the fourteen, fifteen, the January thing was just ridiculous. Um, yeah, and yeah, just I don't know, just yeah, the perfect opportunity to push on. What we were second, weren't we, going in New Year's Day or something? Um, just a perfect opportunity to push on, and it, and yeah, okay, bought in Sears, who did well. Let's face it, you know, he did really well at the end of the season, but just was never near enough, was it? Mm. Yeah, and the, yeah, did we paint the turnstiles in that ten years? Was that was that predate that? <laughs> I think they need. I think they need painting again. Oh, if you've seen it, yeah. Scruffy, somebody man. somebody did looks ask scruffy. about. Uh, sorry, I I didn't didn't screenshot this one, but yeah, somebody did ask how you how you both feel about the state of Portman Road. Shabby, isn't it? I'd I'd say one positive no, this season is the pitch seems to be much better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd go with that. So yeah. it, it's not all bad, yeah. is it? I, I know hey! they're, they're starting to do a lot of work up the training ground under Lambert's request. I think he's wanting them to move the first team back across to the Playford Roadside, away from the Bent Lane facility. So that is something that is being done at the moment. I, I feel like it's it's a lose-lose situation because if they do go up and clean the roofs of the stand and they paint the turnstiles again, everyone will be like, oh, he's spending his money on that, but we but we need a striker and things like that. But... <laughs> Yeah, we we can't have it all, can we? And unfortunately, that might be that that might be the sort of um, you know um, place we're fishing in. <laughs> yeah, a lake we're fishing in. Yeah, can afford it for the cost of a striker for that matches the painting the turnstiles and repairing the roof or something. Yeah, <laughs> God. <laughs> um, <laughs> we need to sign one of those. Get here? How do we those, get here? Those, those international players from like San Marino or Andorra, where the commentator tells you all game that they're a postman or a fireman, well, need to get one who's a painter and decorator, and he well, can we need, yeah, a double up. Trades. Yeah, that's what we want. I don't know why you talking about that. It reminded me, I heard Harry and Rich talking about Nigel Cleggorn on the pod the other day. Being, um, he got on a Darrell's team as an Ipswich, as a Ipswich Birmingham player. And of course, he was a fireman, wasn't he? He came to town as from a, as, he was a fireman playing part time football. So, see, we have, a, have been there before. I was I was following Steve McCall the other day around town. He's 
I think he's now gone in, in the trade as either a garden person or a painter and decorator. So oh, he's he? got a he's got a van like yeah. Mickey Stockwell driving around town. Yeah, nice. And, and Jay Tab, uh, a mate of mine, Henry, recently interviewed him for the Pride of Anglia magazine. Yeah, uh, apparently he, he was playing rugby at the weekends and helping his dad out on what sounded like a building site during the week. But I've since heard that he's now lost two stone. And his trainers be a jockey, yeah. That's right, yeah, that's Incredible. what was. Yeah, good lad. Yeah, yeah, love it. He really is. The, he's the ultimate jack of all trades. Isn't oh, he's, he? a really, like, he's a really good really, golfer. He's one really, of the best all-round sportsmen. Really good golf I've ever had. Yeah, yeah really good golf. Golfer, rugby yeah. player. Yeah, half decent at football as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so. Be. <laughs> so PRB9 wants to know, Joe, do we really expect anything to change whilst Marcus Evans is still the owner? Or are things just going to carry on as normal, just mediocre stuff? Um, I'd, I'd like to say, yes, things are going to change, but I, I, I don't really see that they are. I think we're going to be, if at best, we're going to be a sort of lower half championship team because he simply doesn't have the money to compete with the teams at the top of the league. Like He's willing to put in this, well, it's, what's that, about 100 grand a week, doesn't he? He's putting into the club, run a check for to keep it running. But ultimately, you need to double that and maybe even double it again to compete with the teams at the top of this league. But if we can, if we can get it right off the pitch, if we can get the academy pipeline, getting players through there and come up with a strategy that does something a bit different, like sort of shift United have got like Norwich have got then potentially, but I, I just don't see that he's a, a competent enough owner to do that. He doesn't seem to, there's all this talk about him being more hands on and coming into the club. I just want to say, look, Marcus, just appoint a proper CEO and let them run the football club rather than you stay in there, turning up one week out of every three and slowing down every decision that's made. Did you yeah, see he, any of that? He, was, he wasn't there yesterday, was he? No, he's, I think he's on holiday. Did you see any of that Simon Jordan interview on TalkSport? I, I had heard it and I think he makes some good points. But... Oh, very good points. Oh, all right, he still did the almost, didn't quite... Say, Mikey, the be careful what you wish for scenario. <laughs> but um, he made some really good points about Marcus Evans. He said he was a friend. He knew him. And he said he really just couldn't. Whether this was hindsight, I'm talking, I'm not sure. But he said, you know, he's only was back at the day. You couldn't really understand. You know, he had no really interest in football. And more importantly, he had no empathy with Ipswich Town. You know, uh, as, OK, you can say Simon Jordan took Palace into admin. OK, reasons, whatever they were. But as he said, at least it was a, you know, he was a fan and invested as in in that, not not just financially wise, invested feelings for the club, you know. So uh, yeah, that was quite interesting. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare insurance plans underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company. They offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Whether you want to protect yourself whilst online or just get access to more streaming content, NordVPN has the solution for you and are now in partnership with us here at Blue Monday. NordVPN can be your cyber bodyguard whilst you're browsing online, but it also allows you to access more streaming content from abroad like sporting events, box sets or films. With one click of a button, NordVPN can digitally transport you to the US, Australia or Amsterdam. 
For the price of an ITSE match program each month, you can subscribe to NordVPN and have access to these great services. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, head to nordvpn.com slash bluemonday or click the link in the podcast description. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, so get yourself a great deal and support the podcast in the process. Yeah, I mean, I just can't, I, I still can't picture the fabric of the club changing that much over the summer that will be a winning a winning team with a winning sort of feel about it. We just um, rely around we, the place. Totally reliant on Lambert turning it round and continuing to keep up his sort of brilliant PR offensive that he's done so far and it's it's asking a lot of one man to do it when that man's going to be under pressure if he doesn't start the season well. Yep. Mm. It is going to be tough. It is going to be tough. Yeah. Um, and I've got another you know, people I think people who you know I've seen people think oh yeah we're going to yeah we're side judge and this that and the other we're going to go down we're going to walk that league I can't see it cannot see it no. I hope I'm wrong I can't see it at all and I think look if we yeah if we can get anywhere near a top 6 finish I think we'd have done pretty well after the season we've had really you know you've got to get that winning mentality no matter what division in you know you've got to get that winning mentality back into the you know back into the club and you know until you get that yeah, it's, it's, we, it could be painful. Could be painful. Yeah, my pitch is going to be horrible, isn't it, Joe? Yeah. I mean, you know, again, at the club, you know, the staff and that, it's going to be horrible, isn't it? Could yeah, you know? be, there'll be. I'm sure there'll be a lot of people losing their jobs in the next <laughs> couple of weeks. The whole club is going to take a haircut, really, isn't it? In in all areas, ticketing, corporate, the hospitality side of it. There's going to be a lot of people losing their jobs it's, it's sad for the town oh it's terribly sad terribly sad because the football club's a huge thing for the town um the season tickets are going to be in sorry I'm, I'm, i might be in i might be um this might be a question i don't know was it was season tickets a question coming up mikey or anything or? no it, it wasn't actually but yeah but, you know season tickets we're getting are the be... announcement on on wednesday on season tickets aren't we so maybe that is a question from me to to you two what what do you think makes sense um, because the, you, you've got to strike a balance, haven't you? You can't yeah. just, you can't just charge a pittance no. to fill nah. the stands because yeah, the club has got to function. Yeah. And if it and if if we get to keep one start backroom staff member or somebody that somebody that works in the club like an unsung hero, if, it, yeah, yeah. if, if yeah. charging slightly more for season tickets means that they can carry on in their job, then so be it. Um, it's how they pitch it. It's going to be well. The only way they can pitch it is that obviously judge, the judge thing was a, it's a huge thing. So I should imagine he'll figure quite highly. And obviously the you know the young the, again the youngsters you know like Jack Lancaster and, and yeah and, and the rest they're going to have to aren't they? It's the only way they can pitch it really. Yep, and I don't know. Lambert has really talked up this big announcement and what we're doing, and I think he's oversold almost what what is going to happen unless there's a huge. Yeah. I mean, Joe. Like, I mean, you, you hit the nail. You may hit the nail. I mean, could that be a CEO? But he won't be making. No. Well, Evans will be making the decision. Yeah. Yeah. But you, you almost can't appoint a director of football now because Lambert is there, but Leo yeah. Neal is doing this director of football operations job. But I think on top of that, he's having to do what was effectively Ian Milne's job. Yeah, exactly, that's what I was going to say. His, his his old job in the academy, so he's still the academy manager. He's yeah. a director he's got more, of more more jobs than Jay Tab, hasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a yeah, you know, there's a cost cut in there straight away, isn't it? You know, Ian Milne's gone, and uh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, it should be um, should be interesting, but yeah. I don't know what you know what are really how how are they gonna 
you know, what cut, what what a realistic discount or reduction would would be really. God knows, I don't know. You know, I'll still go. I'm still going to go. But buy me ticket and still go. But yeah, I don't know. Be interesting. That it will. ITFC Netherland uh, has a question. It's on a sim similar vein, and basically we're in a financial world of doom. He's saying with the 45% pay cuts on existing contracts, there's going to be huge weight differences in wages in the dressing room next year. He's he's saying that, in his opinion, that's a recipe for disaster. What are your thoughts on that, Joe? Well, look, surely if everyone's having the pay cuts, which it sounds as though it is, that, that, yeah, that all the Different. wages should remain at a similar level almost. You're not going to have mm. somebody earning double what... Like, but judge, judge must have been brought in on a league on one bigger contract. wages than but a big league one contract like he must be on 10,000 I'm just speculating and then no, and then you're yeah. going to have but then I suppose it's going to be the younger players that are going to be are going to be earning less isn't it so possibly yeah I, I, I just think that for all the sort of criticisms of Evans one thing that there is sorted is there is a very definite wage structure in place and there isn't your silly high earners in there like when we had like a Jimmy Bullard or a Michael Chopra that were earning three four times more than other players I think it is all relatively in line with their sort of squad status so it, that, that should that should stay that way okay let, let's let's go back onto the on-pitch matters for a couple of questions at least Ben Frost wants to know Dave should Ken Lock and Emmanuel be our starting fullbacks in the first game of next season? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Good enough? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, with the right experience, as Joe's already referred to, you know, alongside them, um, whether that be Luke Chambers or, you know, I'd like, I must admit, I'd like quite like to see, uh, given a chance, um, uh, Wolferden. Um, who's obviously had yeah. a pretty decent season with Swindon. I think Joey's been virtually ever-present, hasn't he? Yeah, no, he's played nearly nearly every game he's been Which available is, for down you know, there. Sometimes I know a right-back, but... But, yeah, adaptable player, so I'd like to see him come back. So, you know, if he comes back into the equation, then, you know, you've got NCI, you know, you're going to need someone experienced, someone experienced along, you know, alongside him. Um I mean, okay, Luke Chambers, our new Player of the Year, has just he's obviously just signed a new two-year contract. I mean, I mean, you know, had we still been in the Championship, he's shot. But in my opinion, he's gone at Championship level. He's, he's shot at Championship level. But at League One, you know, who knows? You know, he may, he could well be okay at League One, I think, for another season or so, and um, be the necessary experience you need, certainly at the back, and I'd say through the spine of the team as well. A season or so in League One. <laughs> So yeah, that is uh, that is the reality, isn't it? I, I think yeah. the mo- the most likely scenario next season is we finish score mid-table, a, score a hundred goals, and get a hundred points. I want to be great, <laughs> you know. Look, we're going to be absolutely. Yeah. We I obviously I, want that I, to happen. I think and, I think we'll be right up there. I, I I I think there's such a huge gap now between the Championship and League One. You see the teams that went down two years ago: Rotherham, Wigan, Blackburn, Wigan and Blackburn. Went up and it, but for Paul Hurst Shrewsbury, they'd have been up by 15 points this season. What Sunderland a second, Barnsley a third, and Burton are still ninth or tenth. And they were a team that had a League One budget when they were in the Championship, so it's not like they're a big team going down. I think and the Championship teams that drop down there have such an advantage because they don't have to fall into this salary management protocol where you can only spend 60% of your turnover. That you've got to get up in that first 
first year and I'm, I'm pretty sure we will be in the top four or five but the problem is there's a big difference between finishing third or fourth because yeah. then you're in the playoffs and then it's a lottery yeah. so, it yeah. is a lottery I, yeah. I really, it, I really it, do it, hope it, you're right Jay. I, and and I suppose that is kind of that's realistic optimism because you're basing it on on what's happened this season the season before and the teams a lot of the teams that have come up haven't been amazing for me it's more as I've mentioned it's it's more has this we've become a soft touch as a club we're used to losing week in week out can we mount a, a, a playoff that push? was, that was my yeah. point it's what you're carrying yeah. into next season yeah oh it's, it's, it's negative on the pitch it's negative psychological baggage absolutely what we've got you know on, on you know off the pitch you know Paul Lambert's come into brilliantly with the you know the PR and everything else there seems to be a good feeling there's much more affinity between obviously the team and the fans and he's done that brilliantly but Shit, you're going to be carrying a lot of ne- negativity on the pitch into yeah. next season. At least, really, at, least yeah. we're not, at least we're not losing. We've only lost three out of the last eleven, isn't it? Now, so we've I turned that side of it round. But I know we've still got to play. Away, we haven't been turned over really badly, have we? And, no. and like I say, and Lambert's had. We've basically had a five-six month run up to next season, so we should be we should be in a position where he knows everything about all his players. The only thing I would say, though, is hopefully he looks at that second half yesterday and sees how much difference it made playing two up front. Because the problem is, in the first half it happened, Quainer goes out wide and then we get a cross in the box and there's no one in there. Look where the goal came from. Jackson getting out wide and putting a cross in the box and still having Quainer in there and Edwards. Jackson got out wide again, played Quainer in. Yeah. The strikers like to get involved in the play and unless you've got someone, and I think Will Keane is probably capable of being that guy who's very good he can drop in he can play up type he can play the goals but you've got to be a very very good striker to be able to play up front on your own in that system we're playing and and look we've it, again injuries this season I mean to key play I mean I, I honestly I think I said this on the pod a couple of couple of weeks back how the season might have been different and he, I'm not saying he'd have played every single game but with a fit John Walters yep you well, know who knows and again Keane and Sears, you know, Sears going into Norwich match and Keane, um, I think, and only perhaps just joined, played a couple of games maybe up till then. You know, you, you keep those fit and you, you know, there's goals, you know, there's goals yeah. there. You know, you think they're a great combination potentially. Um, Huge Nadi Amy, if you could have got anything out of them. Ah, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. But you know, I, I, you know what I'm saying, realistic, I'm talking yeah. about, you know, people that really played this season, for God's sake. Um, I think Keane's a great player and I think Keane would do really well at League One, but whether we could have bought his wages, Joe, I, I wouldn't be so, so certain, I don't know. No, it's going to be a difficult deal to do because yeah. it's going to involve a relocation, isn't it, effectively? And there's probably a lot of clubs where he's, I don't know where he's based, presumably somewhere near to Hull. There's going to be a lot of clubs within an hour's travel time from where he lives that he, can pick, he likes can pick him up. He likes an expensive breakfast as well. <laughs> he likes, so we'll, we'll know how much he likes Milsom's, won't oh. we, if, uh, if, if he comes or not. <laughs> Demetrius is actually asking that question. He he wasn't at the game, um, so he wants to know, how did we look playing 4-4-2? And the answer is, we, we looked bloody good. Yeah, uh, I mean, it was only it was only 45 minutes, but he, he's asking, is that the formation for next year? And do we have the players for it? I'd say at the moment we don't have the we don't really have the strikers. No, we don't have two good enough strikers to play it. But maybe by well, signing one good one, Peyton Jackson I'd, might be better in that formation. I like now. again if you Harrison keep him fit. Well. I like yeah. exactly. I like Harrison. I like and I quite like the thought of Harrison. And Jackson's got a bit. I think Jackson's got a bit about him. He's quick and I think he's quite aware and he runs the channels quite well. I think Harrison can play that role. I think he's deceptively good in the air and I think he the ball seems does seem to stick to Harrison as well. Again, 
Has he had that real continuity of games? No, he hasn't. So you'd think those as a pair in League One would be would be fine. I wouldn't. Would be fine. Yeah, I wonder, well, I wonder how much. Uh, I wonder how much our lack of sort of a good wide striker has affected us goal wise because I, I haven't got the stats, but it's just sort of a thought that came to me is when Lambert first came in, we were scoring a lot of goals in those first few games, and when we had sort of two at Reading, one at Preston, two two at Bristol. And when Freddie Sears got injured, is is that the point when we stopped being able to score? Because we, we had a striker playing up, holding the ball up. And even though it was only Jordan Roberts, Freddie Sears was making some intelligent runs oh, around him. I think he was a get, big miss. I really get do. Getting around him. And we, we haven't really looked like scoring many goals in this 4-3-3, whatever you want to call it. We haven't looked like scoring many goals. And, and unless we're going to sort of play as we did in the early Lambert days where you've got Sears running off him and potentially another player like that on the other side who can score goals. We need to go two up front or we are not going to score enough goals to get out of that league next year. Totally agree. And that's a shame. You know, Sears, you're not going to have him till what? Christmas. Probably, Probably not Christmas, him until Christmas at, at the earliest. You know, yeah. such a shame. He was having a good season. I think Sears was, you know, considering, you know, where, yeah, where we'd been this yeah. time last season, he's just about to score the goal against Reading, wasn't he? <laughs> you know, his first goal in 35 games, whatever yeah. it was. You know, he's having, he was having a good season. And, you know, what was it? Just a block tackle, knee to knee at Norwich, when it was just an innocuous yeah. thing. Just sa- sa- Same as Ben Morris, even this year. I think he'd he'd be a player that could yeah. play in that wide forward role and might, you might get a bit more out of than almost... Was he, was he, was he Achilles or Cruciate? Was Ben Morris? He, he's Cruciate, Morris. Falami was... Achilles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just crazy, isn't it? Yeah, bad. Crazy. Yeah. Um Bar- Barty UK one wants to know I'll I'll send this to one to you, Joe. Is Andre Dezel going to be up for League One in terms of the physicality? Could he just need a bruiser alongside him to flourish? I, I think if you actually watch any League One football, it's it is physical to an extent, but the midfielders get a lot of time to play. It's, it's not like the championship where it's pressing all over the pitch. You, you watch, even if you just watch the highlights show on Quest after the championship goals, a lot of goals just start from sort of the midfielders getting a lot of time on the ball and the defenders sort of sitting back and being able to be, bro- to be broken down. If if Dezel is going to sit and play in a deep role and can, can pick passes and be protected, then he, he could be a player that really finds his feet in that league and... To be honest, he, he needs to because he's in danger of his career just sort of drifting away otherwise. He's the one I would sell. If we had to sell one now, he's the one I'd sell. Out of the young players, yeah, I'd probably agree because yeah. you'd probably get the yeah. best value for him. Yeah, but... you would. You would. Yeah. Now uh, you would. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dip back into a bit of misery here and then we'll go on to a, <laughs> a we, couple of dip, lighter questions. When did we dip out? Okay. <laughs> Actually, actually, uh, Rich, uh, I ignored the second half of his question. Just quickly, both of you, what do you prefer, cream eggs or mini eggs? Mini eggs. Yeah, mini eggs all day long. Yeah, cream eggs are a bit too sickly for me. Yeah, you yeah. Can, uh, I, I find it frustrating that you can't eat more than one of them. Yeah, it, it's, it, the joy. The joy is just over far too quickly, isn't it? Yeah, you're, you're dead spot on mini eggs all, all day long. Yeah. Cobbled Massive wants to know. Why do we allow Marcus Evans to get off so easily? He's the con- consistent one in the downfall of our club since he took over. Nobody else. He can't go because he owns the club and is and there isn't a buyer. But should we at least be calling him out for the damage that he's done? I, I'm going to just say, although I completely agree with you, one of the good things the last few weeks and something that a lot of Ipswich fans have clung on to is 
having a little bit of feel good factor in the in the terraces and bringing a positive atmosphere because we've sort of we've done the negative atmosphere and god it was like it needed to be done but it it really it doesn't make going to football enjoyable and new people aren't going to come in either yeah we we can't ignore the the job that Marcus Evans is or isn't doing but I don't know I, I for me for me I'm quite glad that we haven't brought that sort of tox, toxicity at this stage but maybe it will come back over the I summer think, and then in league one but I think Cobble massive Joe might be my mine and your mate Pat Lewis <laughs> yeah, Pat, Pat's not a big fan of Marcus. <laughs> no. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think it's tough with Evans because generally, the problem, the, the everyone thinks the main problem is that he's not rich enough. But in reality, the money he's putting in is okay. The problem is he's made poor decisions with the appointments of managers. And if he's if he'd have got those right, and if he'd have managed the managers better, we wouldn't be in this position. Yeah. In hindsight, it was. Terrible Magilton going, really. Who knows? Who knows how how it would have turned out? Who knows? Okay, right from the very start. Tim Tim Pashley, my fellow Southeast tractor boy, he wants to know: Do you think the owner statement suggests that we'll let Collins go and play the likes of Wolford and basically use the current squad and Bart? Oh no, he's he's asking: Do you think we'll cash in on Bart? And and just go with the youngsters. Probably missed the probably missed the boat a bit on Bart, haven't we? Now? Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a difficult one. I don't know. A lot the of Birmingham teams in League One seem to have a lone lone goalkeeper, don't they? They seem to bring in a lone keeper from the Premier League. But I know we're saying we don't want to do loans, but you're going to need to do some. And Nick, Nick I know, would be good. Yeah, it'd be be decent. <laughs> but yeah, he's gone. Yeah, incredible. I'd I'd I'd, I'd probably say that Bart will be here next year. I, I, I struggle mm. to see him leaving. I just I don't see what's in it for him to leave because he's not had a good enough season where he's going to go somewhere and guarantee to be number one. And I don't think he's going to want to go and be a number two anywhere at his age. No. He's still not good enough on the deck, is he? His distribution's still not good enough. Yeah, with his feet, which is such a big part. Collins, I think. Oh, I can't see Collins staying. I don't know about Collins. I, it wouldn't, I wouldn't be massively surprised if he does stay, if he tries yeah. to get a pre-season behind him and sees how he goes from there. But... I know, this, this is, Stuart, Stuart Watson thinks thinks that Collins is going to stay. But this is fitness. But this is my my worry is that are we bringing Wolfenden and bring him back and then but then all of a sudden that loan window closes on that at the end of August and if you end up with sort of Chambers, Entiala, Wolfenden and Indaba, that's that's not enough, is it? You lose yes, you lose mm. Chambers from that and you are you're in big trouble there. So you're going to need to bring in another senior centre back and if Collins is Collins is clearly above the level required for League One. And he's the sort of player, fitness permitting, like Judge, that you need to play alongside these youngsters. You oh, need absolutely. These proper footballers that, that have played at the top level, that know what they're doing in that league. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's, it is an interesting one, the, the, the Collins thing. And I guess that's probably going to rumble on until the end of the season. So yeah, here's a more light-hearted question, or depending on which way you look at it. I mean, some people just find the whole thing... I know Mullet doesn't really like the talk of the League One tour and things like that and isn't looking forward to seeing his club down there. Others no. are quite quite looking forward to seeing the new stadiums and things like that. Changed, James Golk's yeah. question, though, uh, surrounds the FA Cup. Um, which non-league team would you like to draw in the first <laughs> round of the FA Cup next season? Wow. Uh, we're Leiston in it. Leiston were in the... Were they, yeah, did they make the yeah. first round proper? I think a few they, years ago? Gillingham, did they play, I think? 
somewhere yeah, down somewhere that like so, yeah. somewhere down the south south coast. Um, if, I mean, if it's be, Wanderers, would they get there? <laughs> Woodbridge, Woodbridge Town. Imagine that they don't they, they don't play FA <laughs> Trophy, don't they? No. Yeah, they play in the, the Vars, but yeah, I mean, Vars, yeah. the likes of Woodbridge uh, and even more so Ipswich Wanderers, they'd have to win something like <laughs> eight games against higher league opposition. Yeah, Leicester's a bit more realistic. Leicester not very good. Leicester not very good at the moment, though. Mate, Felix Dunwalton, perhaps. Need a market. I think they, I, yeah, I went to watch them against Cambridge a few years back, and I think that was the first round of the FA Cup. Yeah, I mean, Pack, Pat, Pash will want Haven and Waterlooville, I guess. Oh yeah, um, of course. Yeah, it, yeah. I, yeah I, I wouldn't really want a non-league away Salford, game at the cap. So they might be in the league, might they? Salford. Yeah. I don't know who's, who's yeah. Somewhere, there, somewhere they? close where I've not been, that'll do me. Yeah. 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 Shall we uh, move no, on to questions? questions. No, first round of the FA Cup. <laughs> oh my God. When is that? Is that? November, November. Yeah, like November. first week of November, Joe. Sorry, yeah, first about, week of November. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Going to be fireworks. Um, Shall we have a look at the other championship results? Um, I suppose we could just look at the League One results, couldn't we? Because that's 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 the that's <laughs> oh, more our business. The, let's talk about the Sunderland Coventry game. Come on, <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll take a load of those games. Today. What, what happened in a uh, Sunderland Coventry? Sunderland four. Coventry 5, what a game that was. And that's a very good point you made about um, sort of central midfielders and midfielders having time on the ball because um, the goals I saw, I watched the goals uh, um, this morning, I think, on, on Quest. And um, yeah, exactly. Uh, two or three of those Coventry goals came from lovely interplay in midfield. Oh, he's having a lovely old time in centre and mid and just threading balls through. And he thought, oh, yeah, yeah, that could be Dazelle threading one through for Jackson next season or something like that. That's a lovely old time. But... Um, yeah, five four. Yeah, it was like a throwback to good old Joe's days. That was. And that's really blown the the League One sort of top two race wide open, hasn't it? Because Luton got turned over by Charlton, didn't they? Yeah, I think Luton probably probably up, but Portsmouth won. Portsmouth, Barnsley, and Sunderland are all within a point of each other, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, and Portsmouth goes to Sunderland in a, in a few weeks' time. Oh, I think it might a... even be over Easter Bank Holiday. Well, they're going to take for the checker trade. Yeah, that'll be feisty, Portsmouth, Sunderland. Yeah, oh. um, I mean, uh, Link, yeah, Lincoln got promoted into League One. It did. They did. Yeah, are Luton. How, so Luton lost yesterday, but are Luton still away at the top by a couple six, of points. Six clear, are they? I think. Yeah, so, they. Really? Wow. It's like a big. A big well, I know they just come off a 25-game unbeaten run or something, wasn't it? Ridiculous. So mm. I tell you, did look again. I saw the goals in that Charlton game. Johnny Williams looked quite prevalent in that game. I've got to say, with shaved hair, he looked totally different and like beard. Yeah, bald with a beard now, isn't he? Yeah, but, but yeah, good, yeah, good to see still, him doing he's well. Still, yeah. Oh, yeah, he's still mate. got that lovely yeah. smile, hasn't he? Ah, oh, what a player! And yeah, I suppose that's a good sign. Seeing players like Johnny Williams flourishing in a so in a in a league that is supposedly really physical. Yeah, that's a good point. And there's yeah. somebody that always gets crunched. I don't. Yeah, I doubt he's changed his style of football that much. I know no. he hasn't been completely injury-free, but he's been playing more than he's he's been missing. No, I don't think yeah, he's great tranches of the season like he has done previously. No. Um, anyway, it's League One done. Yeah, so in the Championship, uh, big, big win this one for Aston Villa over Bristol City. Um Villa, I think quite a few Fly, people fancy them now flying, in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, they got the momentum. Eight, eight wins on the spin. They got, got the, the momentum. Best, got the best player in the league. Did play, 
and that was interesting yesterday. It's the first six one. Weeks I think. Out of six. They six didn't. Back. He didn't play yesterday. I don't think. Did he not? I think so. That no. must be the first time they've won without Grealish. I think well, they'd won apart from against two us. In 13, without him, two in thirteen. Or something. Yeah. Oh, it's nah. yeah. the first penalty was soft as anything, but oh. a, a good a good weekend for Leeds out there though. Them winning, yeah. Sheffield yeah. United drawing. I know they're probably struggling to catch Norwich, but Norwich drawing as well. Yeah. And they won it quite quite dramatically, didn't they? Leeds. Have you seen Have you seen the video of the guide dog celebrating in the in the home end? No. <laughs> yeah, there's obviously a, a blind or partially sighted Leeds fan, and when everyone's jumping up and down celebrating, you, you actually see the dog like, awesome. jumping for joy and barking. It is absolutely. I mean, I'm so looking forward to that. That's the one game to look. Yeah, I know it's the last game and stuff, but I just hope there's something still on that game because that would just be brilliant, wouldn't it? I mean, it'd be a brilliant atmosphere. Leeds will make it for a brilliant atmosphere. All right. They'll probably be the most police we've ever seen at Portman Road since Man United in the 1970s, probably. But do you know what I mean? I think it'll be be superb. I just hope something's still on that game. I think Norwich will be away by then, so that won't matter. But, you know, if they need need something out of that game to clinch automatic, that would be great. And how many uh, tickets have you flogged to Leeds fans so far, Dave? I just much. I haven't had. I'm, perhaps I'm the only one. I haven't had any requests that I'm aware of. I was all gone for my spam filter. I think. I don't know. <laughs> I've, done, I've done one and a half. One and a half. Uh, okay. My father-in-law's a Leeds fan, so I'm taking him. But oh, I thought you I, meant. You, I thought you I, meant you sold it to the visually impaired guy and his guide dog. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, my, and my wife has a soft spot for Leeds, so she's coming. So it'll be one yeah, and a half. Be, that will be okay. good. I mean, that'd be you know, I should imagine it'll be a pretty full house, won't it? Yeah, yeah. Hopefully you think so. so. Le- Leeds fans will find a way. They will find a way of getting. There'll be twenty odd thousand there, won't but, there? Should be. Yeah. But just to, just to go back to a point Mikey made earlier about the um, season tickets. If the price were a bit higher, it means a few more people could keep their jobs. If you gave Leeds eight thousand tickets on the last day of the season, the yep. extra income from that would probably cover any redundancies we're going to make. Do you know what? I can't understand yeah. that. They're just getting there. What two and a half? Well, is it's, it? it's it's it's, it's the, the puppet masters of the police. That the I I doubt that was an Ipswich Town decision to do that. Yeah, probably. I really do doubt it because they they cashed in last season and we thought actually yeah about time they started to think like that. How many how many was there last year? They had the whole well, they top had the bit, whole five top, and a half. Yeah. How was it? Yeah. I know and, when, and can you remember were there any I think there was a flare flown down into the there was section there was some bad like there was a lot of missiles being chucked and things like that cut. but yeah. Don't put I think it is below them yeah I think it's yeah, just that was, yeah that's a good point yeah I, th- I think it's Suffolk police not wanting on a on an Easter bank holiday having loads of Leeds Spring fans bank. running Spring bank. Yeah, they're yeah, going to come, in, yeah. come anyway and run even more of an mock. At least if you yeah, have they will, the stadium, they will yeah. you know where they're going to be for three hours and they're going to be off the booze and contained for three hours. It's yeah, it's an absolute no-brainer. I, I think it's really silly, but I'd I'd imagine the police, like you're saying, more than that because I know I'm sure I'm not breaching any confidences here, but when I've done the fans forum thing, Steve Pearce, who is pretty important at Ipswich Town behind the scenes. He's, yeah. He he was really keen for these extra allocations to the away fans because he's a proper football fan and he thinks it makes for a much better atmosphere. Oh, yeah. atmosphere. Like it did against Leeds yeah. when we played him in January. And like yeah. I said, I'm sure, I'm sure he'd have definitely been pushing for it. And Marcus, knowing how cute he is around a pound note, must have been pushing for it as well. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I'll just uh, look at one to look forward to, though, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Is a good and and the Sheffield United one away as well. I mean that that's a game that's got hey. something riding on it. We might get a hiding, but who knows? It might be for 
fairly enjoyable playing a part in in the promotion how race. ironic how ironic would that be if for arguments like i don't know and it could well come to that although it probably won't by then because they'll be up but <laughs> they'll be up, i don't know they, we we, we nick up. a draw we nick a draw with sheffield united and that that mm. clinches promotion for them up the road yeah. we're the we're the king makers this season i think we are we are <laughs> aren't we? yeah looking at it yeah so looking at the other results derby kept their playoff hopes alive 4-0 win over bolton mason mount Mason yeah. Mount hat-trick, yeah. Ashley Cole assist. Different different uh, Middlesbrough, despite protests about Tony Pulis, beat Hull 1-0. And that sort of, that pretty much ends Hull's. Yeah. Yeah, Hull, Hull had got back into it, hadn't they? I think mm-hmm. Borough only a point, point out, I think. Yeah. yeah. Blackburn won at Forest. QPR thumped Swansea. Yeah, Sounds sound like... Um, O'Neill is under pressure already at Forest. O'Neill and Keane. I'm not surprised how how they're playing. Chopping and, and changing, aren't they? Apparently, they're not. They're not playing particularly good football, and they're Chopping not getting and changing the team as well, aren't they? Bowl he's already he's already talking about how much money he needs to spend in the summer. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise if he, that ends up him walking out on that job. <laughs> Reading picked up a massive win at home to Brentford. Millwall picked up that late late equaliser at, at Reading. Uh, at, Sheffield United, sorry, which could have big ramifications at both ends. Rotherham came from 2-0 down at half-time to draw at Stoke. That could be a big point for them as well. Good. West Brom maybe hitting a bit of form now. They they pumped Preston, who seems to have their flip-flops on now, beating them 4-1. And obviously Leeds, as we already mentioned, won 1-0 against Sheffield Wednesday. And earlier on today, Norwich got a scabby 1-1 draw at Wigan. Ben, Benjamin Bloom is there. Review is up on his YouTube channel. Um, he was singing the praises was... of Reese James very highly. Yeah, I've watched some of that game. You see yeah. some of the players Chelsea have got on loan in this league. Reese James, ridiculous. Mason Down, even Trevor Chalobah. These are all yeah, top, top players, aren't he, they? Um, and Ben got slaughtered, didn't he, by Norwich fans for putting in Reese James in his, in his team of the year instead of um, obviously Max Ahrens, who was in, I think it was in the EFL, won the EFL Young Player of the Year, didn't he? Apparently, yeah. It'd be but nice. Yeah, he got absolutely slaughtered that he's a player and a half. That James, yeah. my God. Well, that ball he put in for the disallowed goal, which wasn't oh. offside, that was quite undefendable. <laughs> that wasn't it. That was offside by an arm, wasn't he? For God's sake, oh, yeah, because yeah. you can score with your arm, can't you? Oh, not last time I looked. Christ. Yeah, but that's the way it goes, mate. That leaves that leaves Norwich on. 86 points. I think they need a maximum of six points from their oh, yeah. remaining six. Yeah. Yeah. From four, did, four did, games. Isn't it? I did actually make a note of who the others are. Who the others. So Leeds have got Wigan They're at on. home, Brentford away, Villa at home. Wow. Big game. Yeah, before they play us and Sheffield United have got Forest home, Hull away, obviously us at home and Stoke away with some stuff. Dinkers in there, Ipswich, Ipswich at home. That's <laughs> a tough one. Yeah, there's some smelly ones there. But yeah. God, Villa, I didn't realise Leeds were playing Villa the week before. That's oh, a biggie, isn't it? My God. They're a hell the of a game. They play us. Oh! I spoke to one of my mates who's. And Ben Bloom will be at all of them. He couldn't well, get tickets for that Leeds Villa game. Sorry? Yeah. My mate couldn't get tickets for that Leeds Villa really? game. He goes quite a lot. They're set, only allowing one member per ticket. They're not allowing members to buy a spare because they've all been sold on for so the that's, Mega So that's on the weekend, isn't it? Because next week we've got two games. So is, are, we playing, are we playing Good Friday and Easter Monday? Monday. Yeah. Preston. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Go on, Mikey. Do the extrapolation. 
I'm, ju- I'm just starting to worry about uh, about the time. Line of duty starts soon, doesn't it? But yeah, let's skip. Yeah, well, let's skip. We two little ducks. Who's, who's if we ju- if we just do the, if we just do the rest of the show in line of duty style acronyms of <laughs> GDs and P's and GWs for for it will fly through it. <laughs> just 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 uh, for me though, who do you two expect to make the final the final playoff place? Let's assume that Villa West Brom. And then one off Sheffield United and Leeds are in them. Who do you think will get the final spot? So there's there's Bristol City, Middlesbrough and Derby. I think I, Derby now. Derby, yeah, I, I think, honestly think Derby. And I think that, as Joe said, that Mason Mount, who, who they missed terribly, he's come back, hell of a player, he's come back into the side. Um, yeah, I think Derby might might well make that, don't you? Yeah, I'd, I'd say if Mason Mount can stay fit, they, they're, they're not going to lose many games. They just Although, look elect, electric going forward. But Bristol City are, bit, are looking a decent side at the moment. Middlesbrough, I'd shit house at those Ben would say, couldn't they? Could. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I'd, I'd fancy Derby. Lose 1-0 in the final. Yeah. And then on a, on a similar note, who's going to finish 22nd and join us in League One out of Rotherham, Wigan and Millwall? I, I still think it's going to be Rotherham. Yeah, just, me too. They, yeah. they, they got a good away point yesterday, but they just yeah. are poor away from home. But yeah. you see the way they played in that second half, it was like the bomber squadron flying forwards. It was like linking away when we lost in the cup, just long ball into the box, set pieces, headers. Yeah. I, I think I think Rotherham, I think Reading will win enough games at home. And, you know, that Mate scoring goals again, isn't he? I think they'll have enough. Millwall was a great point yesterday, wasn't it? They'll probably again, they'll probably nick a win at home. I'd, I'd have thought rather. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably go along with that to be honest. Although, yeah, you Wigan. just you can't well, Wigan quite Leeds. Did I say Wigan? Yeah, Leeds and stuff. Yeah, I don't know. Mm. But yeah, they've maybe given themselves a bit bit too much to do because they are eventually gonna they're gonna lose a couple of home games, aren't they? Yeah. Um, now everyone's saying, oh well, they they have got the good home form. So yeah, let's let's move on to let's get away from the championship. Let's go, go to two little ducks. And uh, do you two want to take a guess at what one I've gone for? Um, so, did we play yesterday? Did we play? Uh, <laughs> Ipswich Leeds and Ipswich Leeds game maybe. No, I've actually gone for Liverpool 5, Ipswich 0 from May 2002, oh. uh, which was, of course, the last time we tasted relegation. Um, May 2002, OK. Yeah, so I think Gerard Houllier was Liverpool manager. George Bailey, yeah. of course, Ipswich manager. Yeah. Uh, there was 44,000 in attendance at Anfield. Yeah. Um, who wants to go first? Um, well, I'll, I'll start start with town. So I would say um, it's might actually. I'm going to start with a goalkeeper, and this might even be a golden. Go- Hang on, wait a minute. Let me get this. Let me get this right. Wait a minute. Who the hell was in goal? Um, now I'll say Titus Bramble. Yeah, correct. Not that he was uh, in goal. Matty Holland. Yeah, never missed a game, did he? No, so. no. Ja- Jamie Clapham. Jamie Clapham played. Yeah. Um, Jermaine Wright. Um, Jermaine Wright didn't play, so I'd play a golden goose there. Yeah, I probably would so, on that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, what, I'll get, give you a clue that we had two strikers with the same surname. Yeah, so Mark, um, Darren and Marcus. Ben. Correct, yeah. Yeah, and I'll go with um, John McGreal. Correct, yeah. He was one of two scousers to go off before half time. Okay. Um, 
2001 2002 six diaper hour uh you might want to play your golden goose on that one he was an unused sub or does that mean you don't have to oh i don't have to no, yeah he's fine. an unused sub <sighs> yeah, as fine. was an italian goalkeeper okay, okay. I'll, I'll go i'll go um andy marshall then yeah, correct. yeah, that's that's the one I yeah. were quite certain of there. Um, so where are we? Did we say um, Herman O'Reilly? Correct. Um, I don't know. If Venus played in this game, but he did. He did. Ooh. Yeah, Venus. Yeah. yeah. We got. We got, must have had all the Ipswich side, then. We uh, you're missing two, both quite legendary, but very different players. Jim Jilton. No. Uh, so there's one one red hot penalty taker and one who took a tasty free kick. Oh, Tommy Miller. Yeah. Martin Reuter. Correct. Yeah. So we've done Ipswich. Liverpool. Um, oh Christ! John Arnie Reeser nearly broke the back of the net, didn't he? I remember <laughs> yes, that twice, more yeah. than once. Yeah. Emil Heskey. Correct. Yeah. Nicholas and Nelka. Uh, he came sub, off the bench. Yeah. yeah. So you don't lose the Sa- life. Sander Vesterveld. No, no, you're, you're out, Joe. you're out. Do you want to take a punt Sam, at the goalkeeper? Sam, Sammy, um, well, Liverpool keeper. Yeah. Um, um, Played in the Champions League final. Um, Jer- one, Jer- Jersey. One, Dudek, was it Dudek? Dudek. Yeah, Dudek. Dudek. Um, Aionio played Liverpool. Michael Owen, did he play? Yeah, he played with Heskey. Um, who's the winger, Smitzer? Smitzer came on for... A scouser who got injured. Two big scousers. Two big scousers. Stevie Gerrard. Stevie yeah. G. Yeah, he, he injured his groin and didn't didn't make the 2002 World Cup. Um, Liverpool. Scott. Carragher. Carragher's right. Oh, yeah, Carragher, of course, yeah. No, we haven't, we surely, they, had I mean, a, they had a decent European centre-back pairing. Sammy Hoopia. Hoopia, we said Hoopia. Um, yep. Honcho, was he there? Yep. Yeah, he was the other one. They had a ma- they had a right back with mad hair and beard. Oh, um, Abel oh, Xavier. Xavier. Yep. Yeah. Uh, uh, you're two off. Two two midfielders. One of them, Danny Murphy. Scouser. Danny yeah. Murphy. Bang on. And the other one, a German. Scored a famous goal at Wembley. Christian Zieger. Dietmar Harman. Dietmar Harman. Yeah. Yeah, did pretty well there. Pretty good, man. <laughs> pretty good <laughs> so yeah we've we've got to the end of the the flagship show after the relegation um the big I one do, i do think we do just need to make a sort of little bit of a point of how sort of incredible the fans were at the end of the game yesterday yeah. like I, I was hoping it'd be some sort of reaction like that but i couldn't i could not believe how how good the atmosphere was when that final whistle went and i think you could see the players and the manager in front of the fans sort of totally taken aback by it because it was I know Lambert has said this a number of times this it's not normal and things but it, it really isn't that is mm. like you saw Michael Brown talk about it on the show last night and yeah sort of a couple of tweets about the fan base and I'd like I say all credit to Blue Action who have really got this going but just the whole the whole ground and it wasn't just a north stand but that was that was really special I think yesterday and I, hopefully that will give the players and the management that real kick up yeah. the backside to know what yeah. it to know what it we, means and to know that we're supporting them and yeah we we, we go down and I, I know a little bit flip, but I'm, I'm positive about next season i think most of the fan base are and yeah ask me again in the middle of october and i might not be but 
as, as things stand at the moment, I think we're going down with a club totally connected. And I think positivity yeah. breeds positivity. And if you can, if we can try and carry on with the fan base as it is at the moment and the manager, the management team, knowing what it means and the players there know what it means that we're, we're in, we're in a good position again. We're not going down like a relegated club where everything needs to be started again. Yeah. And I, just, and it, I, I, I agree with that, Joe. And I just hope that it doesn't get toxic for these last couple of games, really. You know, I've seen, you know, you see stuff on the forum and stuff. and You know, we can't believe it that we've let Evans get away, you know, off so lightly without, I haven't mentioned any, you know, demonstrations or anything like that. But I just hope, you know, it stays with this quite a decent feeling until, um, you know, until the season's out now, you know. Yeah, I think you both spot on us. Really, really nicely put by by both of you. Where can we find you at Twitter, Joe? Um, at Joe Fairs. Uh, and you, Dave? At Dave Diamond 3. Okay, so let's wrap it up there, guys. Cheerio, everyone. Be careful what you wish for. Cheers, <laughs> <laughs> <Jeez>, Mikey. <laughs>